right now at Safeway. Get your skin winter ready with big savings on all your favorite skincare products. Shop for deals on items like Gillette Mach 3 razors, Gillette Labs razors and blades, Venus razors and blades, and Native Shampoo, Conditioner, and Body Wash. Plus, shop the buy two, get one free baking event and save on items like selected varieties of handy foil and good cook pans. Offer expires December 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for full offer details. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. There is some sort of rule on this podcast that the three of us can never really do one very often together. So I was on holiday for two weeks and Matt was in charge. So uh, now I'm back off holiday. Hello, I'm Luke, editor and runner of the website. Matt's here in the north. I was the editor and runner of the website. Yeah, you've been dethroned. Not a lot on the agenda. We're going to review BBC One's new drama, The Cry. I might give my two penneth on the finale of Bodyguard, which I saw a lot later than everyone else in the country. And some TV news and some pick of the weeks. And uh, I'm going west this week with Matt to discuss South Park, the return of, and the return of The Good Place. And just some shoddy American shows I saw while I was over there. Oh, any anecdotes? I forgot the anecdotal bits. Was it a wedding on Monday night? The church where they got married was a bit of a distance from the hotel where they had the reception, so it was a bit of a like a road trip between logistical the two. Logistical nightmare. I, logistical nightmare, exactly. The logistics were not well thought out, and there wasn't a lot of food either. They didn't have a sit. It didn't feel very well organised. They didn't have a sit down meal. They had like a hog roast. They had ice cream on arrival, which was strange. That is hard. That's Especially just October. destined to get. Your suit completely a mess before you well, even start. Well, I think I had too much to drink and not enough to eat that night. Because this is my fourth wedding I've been to this year, listeners. Normally I'm used to, um, you know, you get your, after the ceremony you have your uh, picky bits, you know, your nibbles, you hit your volavons yeah. um, with a drink of champagne. Yeah. And then you get your sit-down meal with your speeches. And then there's normally something in the evening as well, like, mini fish and chips or mini burgers mini food if you will um but this was literally just here's some ice cream oh and they had some pick and mix sweets as well on arrival and then yeah two hours of sitting around drinking while they would take it all the photos then the speeches and then the hog roast and i only oh, you know yeah. so i had a pork bap and some chips and some ice cream that's all i ate and i had a lot to drink hence me being a little bit ill yesterday you know what I care about? Did they have a first dance and what was it? They did, but I can't for the life of me remember what it was. Oh, man, you were so... I, I remember the, the DJ played that awful George Ezra song twice in it. And I know that doesn't narrow it down. It was the one about him carrying a shotgun. Yes, twice in about half an hour period. And it stuck in my head while I was being it, ill. It doesn't, doesn't seem like you remember an awful lot of that wedding. So maybe well, I don't really remember the, the the disco and and what was maybe being. Maybe he didn't play it twice. Maybe it was just going round and round in your head. No, he definitely did because I remember him saying, "I've had a request for this." So I was like, "Who requested George Ezra?" Another interesting bit was like towards the end of the night after everyone had a lot to drink. Let's get sparklers out and do like. A oh spot, my god! You know. I thought you were going to say Twister. 
<laughs> no, they did like a procession down where everyone had sparklers. Oh, my sister did that as well, and it is it is scary when you. Know it's quite. There's are... quite a lot of like pressure on you, isn't there? Yes. Don't I didn't burn like your it. arm. Don't set the bride <laughs> on fire. Yeah, I was just. I don't like holding things that are yeah, on fire in general. I'm giving you one, Jesus. <laughs> there was young children running about at this wedding. Oh my god. That, that just doesn't sound safe, does it? No. But I've been in that situation myself, and a trip in an ambulance is not the best way to end any wedding day, I don't think, but that's what might happen. Uh, any more planned? This is it for the year. Um, I haven't had any more invites, so, you know, you if just... you'd like us at your wedding, you know. Yeah, if you want Matt to... the TV team. Yeah, get... Matt will bring sparklers and I'll we'll do, bring... We'll, we'll do the disco. Yeah, I've got a shotgun. No George Ezra. <laughs> No, we only right. play TV theme tunes. That should yes. be our thing. Disco just playing... Yeah. What What would be a good TV theme tune to play at a wedding? Well, obviously the Strictly theme would get people going, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, I'd like Thank You For Being A Friend, the Golden Girls theme tune. Yes. Uh, Happy Days. Happy Days would be another one that would get people going. Probably The Simpsons would as well. People like that. Unforgotten. Oh, Unforgotten is the slow <laughs> dance at the end. <laughs> I tell you what, there's a playlist Sopr- developing Sopranos. here. Sopranos, yes. Just that's got a bit of a funk of it. to it. Yes, it replace Uptown Funk with the uh, Sopranos theme. Woke up this morning. The Ali, Ali McBeal theme. That's 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 a bit um, jaunty. Friends. Yes. Friends would obviously be a. Ma- I tell you what, there's a playlist here. If you've got any yeah. more suggestions, then we could definitely. You know, I don't, and if, there, uh, if there's a shock announcement during the speech, we'll play the EastEnders theme. And if you want us for funerals, I've got the One Foot in the Grave theme tune. And now. I've got Six Feet Under. <laughs> Luke, Gary and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com TV news, of which there is little really, thin on the ground, but the BBC have announced that Stephen Graham will be the new lead in the fifth instalment of Line of Duty, which will be on TV next year. The big bad, as idiots like to say on Twitter. He was sort of leaked a while ago and not really that big of a story. Uh, and now. the woman who ran the betting shop in Broken as well is, is the, yeah. other big, the other name that's been lined up. Although it's not reviews, as we're talking Jebri Curio uh, programmes, I might just give my two penneth on Bodyguard for any of those who cares. And I don't know how I feel, really. I, I well, that's a good review, thankfully. Yeah, no, I'll tell you why. i tell you why, because <laughs> they, they did that massive recap that they always do at the start. And for me, just watching that, I realised, A, that it's a series of two shows, really. Mm. There's the Keely Horde side and all the stuff that's gone on after her death. And then I sort of realised, not only do do I not know what the conspiracy is, I don't even know what the conspiracy is about. Because there was Was two different conspiracies. But my question is, for me, it seems like the first half of the series was really interesting, really intriguing... Keely Hawes and Richard Madden worked well together. There was a nice bit of chemistry. The second half of the series is like he had gone away from it for a while, came back to the computer and started writing a whole different show. 
that just included the Richard Madden character. And actually, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as... I didn't I, like it I when he to. had suddenly become this, like, investigator, this sort of, you know, vigilante. I, I liked the last... Because you know how I felt about the penultimate episode, but I liked the last episode because it put him as the sort of the underdog, the man under pressure again, you know, having mm. this bomb strapped to him. And, and I think that's how the last... Ep- the penultimate episode should have ended with him yeah, you... in that... But that would have been a much better ending than it just yeah, sort of absolutely. ending. Um, but no, I like. I, I thought that was really well done, and it, it utilised. You know, you got all the cast members coming. You know, you got Gina McKee, you got Pippa Hayward, you got Sophie Rundle, all out there, sort of trying I to talk him down. I think there was some and... really dodgy dialogue in there, and I think I think the two policemen, I think Nina Tusson White, yeah, and her colleague, were just the most yeah. boring pair of actors together. I've I agree. Ever I agree with you there. Them. But I think I, I think Richard Madden held it together that sort of set piece. Once the best was off, it was all very expositional and it was all very. Let's just confess yeah. in the last fifteen minutes to everything. Because I think I think although the criticism is been thrown out there about the Nadia revelation, I thought that was actually completely unexpected, really yeah. well handled. And I but think it's... because it's something no one saw coming, because it was yeah. just this sort of throwaway character that you thought would just be brought in as the one-off sort of you know bomber and it turned out and i lo- i thought she was really well you know she, she performed re- she that really good and that's why i put that clip in on the uh, last podcast as well mm. because i thought that you know when when she smiles that was the best bit the whole stuff with the craddock the pippa haywood character being in with the you know the the organized crime world and then there being that separate plot about the secrets the Secret Service giving information about the Prime Minister mm. so mm. to help um, Julia's he- leadership bid and then both the Prime Minister and the head of the Secret Service, you know, being laid off. So I, I just think it, it had a lot going on. I'm not sure how coherent it was. And, and often I will watch this sort of thing, love it, and, and want to revisit it at some point. I've no desire at all to revisit Bodyguard again. I, don't, no. I, think, I think it lives and dies on the big shock moments. And I think once you've seen them, they can't have that effect on you a second time. I've no desire to, to revisit it in any way. And it, it got massive. I mean, it's consolidated now at something like 15 and a half million, which is huge. Mm. But... I, just and it did seem to be a lot of people were talking about it at the office, even though they were all calling it the bodyguard. I know. I, if if the PR officer was there, who I know very well, he would have just slapped every single one of them, made them form a line. Because I was very, I've been very restrained. But everyone's yes. like, "Did you see the bodyguard last night?" Oh no, I've got to watch it on catch up. I've got it no, taped. I didn't because I was watching Bodyguard at the same time. Right <laughs> or the then. news? Are Any the of the news? Blog it. <laughs> And then, let's not you yeah flog it the daytime people thing that old people watch has been axed. But I'm After, sure they uh, 18 years something like yeah. that. Is it because its its last committed viewer has been killed? You know, has <laughs> been just, killed. No, full of the Someone just going around the country killing flog it viewers. <laughs> There's a load more new um, crap crap coming um, yeah. on daytime. I know I watch a lot of TV. I genuinely never have the TV on at that time to watch anything on at that I time. I think we should do a daytime special one time, just like... Let's not overload this. Let us do one wedding first, 
yeah. get that done, and then we'll focus on the rest of what you want to do on the yeah, like Okay, um, with that, I'm going to head west, and I'm going to bring Matt along for the ride. Yes. <laughs> So I was actually physically west, unlike Gary, who's too tight to play for a plane ticket. I went uh, for the last two weeks, and because you're on holiday, you don't see an awful lot. And actually, because their autumn schedule starts a lot later than ours, so on my second week, all the all the big, in inverted commas, shows were starting. So I saw Manifest, which is god awful. I mean, it's god awful. And if Gary, do you want to give it, us a little? I suppose we might be talking about uh, some of these when they I come don't know, out. I don't know. I'm sure Manifest will find its way onto Sky something at some point. I think it's got a big enough premise that one of the big channels. Sky One. Will pick it up. I don't know. It won't I be don't... Sky Witness, will it? Because that's all like crime drama. I'm having more fun discussing these possibilities than I did through any second of. So Manifest, Manifest is the one where they all go missing on the plane. Basically, the first 10 minutes are everybody on the plane, everybody in the airport, sorry, a family are together, the plane is oversold, half of the family go on the flight they were meant to go on, and the other half say, well, we'll take the later flight, da-da-da. During that flight, there's some severe turbulence. Now, I experienced some of this on the way back, but I was happy to land in 2018 still. But this was severe turbulence that knocked sort of people's tap, uh, laptops and tablets about and crushed one. It threw a load of, you know, stuff in the air. And then it settles down and the captain just gets on the uh, intercom to air control and says, coming into land, and he gives his call sign. And the air traffic controller says, can you give me that call sign again? And then when they land, they find out that during that turbulence, which we saw for a minute and a half, that, you know, it's like 10 years later or something. I can't even remember the exact time frame. But they've all been presumed dead and missing. But all we've seen is like a minute and a half of turbulence. So everyone around them has aged. So the young uh, niece that she left is now a teenager with with predictable mood swings. And it, it just it doesn't smack of any believability at all. I just thought it was horrendous. So, uh, recommend? Yes. And then I saw Single Parents. I don't know if you remember the trailer for that. but it Is was that uh, Brad Garrett? It was Brad Garrett. Later oh, Meester from oh, Gossip Girl. Sorry, yes, of course. Um, so it's about a group of single parents who um, become friends. But again, it's 21 minutes, as traditional sitcoms are in the States. And it's, it doesn't, there's no believability in it. They're not friends at the start, then halfway through they sort of are. Then at the very last minute they're bonded over something ridiculous and they give the kids stuff to do and they're just so cringeworthy and awful and cliched and don't recommend that either. What, what about the one that's like This Is Us? Right, the one that's like This Is Us is called A Million Little Things yeah. and that is on ABC. I saw that as well. But this seemed to be like ABC's attempt at This Is Us and pulling at the heartstrings so it's about a group of friends, one of them takes their own life and the group of friends come Was together. Was it Kyle go, Chandler? No, no, he's Ron not Livingston. Yes. 
I get those two mixed up sometimes. So, yeah, so one of them takes their own lives. The rest of the friends come together and go, how did we not see this? I thought we were a really well-bonded group. And it, But, again, it pulls on your heartstrings, but it doesn't have the right to do it, really, because the cast aren't nearly as endearing or as talented as, as Mandy Moore and Sterling K. Brown are in This Is Us. And it just feels like... This Is Us was a, a huge hit. Let's make something that mm. will appeal to those fans. And that is so obvious uh, that um, that you you can just tell that's what they've done. And that's a shame. The final thing I saw, and you can watch this now if you want to in the UK, because it's on um, Amazon Prime or whatever they're calling themselves this week. It's called New Amsterdam. It's a medical drama. Oh, yeah. Where a, um, a new head of a public hospital comes in and sort of fires everyone. Shakes things up. Has it got a similar vibe to The Resident? It's got a very similar vibe. So um, this guy comes in, new head of this hospital, he shakes things up, he gets rid of a load of people because they value billing people over helping them and medicating them. So exactly like The Resident. (laughs) And then he sort of fights against all these other superiors and fights for the best... Of, that he can for his patients. Yeah. And then there's a massive surprise at the end where he's just fired the best oncologist in the hospital and who'd have thought it, the guy himself gets cancer. He's got cancer. Yes. Yeah, so, well, I would have guessed it because it was in yeah. the trailer. I was watching another ER today because I, I, perhaps, I, perhaps I'm manifest gone the other way. <laughs> but I watched an episode of ER and I thought how good Which that season? was. I'm still in the middle of two, the one where George Clooney gets the, the boy out of the... Oh, yeah, um, the, the well. <laughs> it is completely bonkers, but it's brilliant and watchable uh, well, and it's engaging. Called, so it's not called Hell or High Water, that episode. It is. It oh, is. it is, yeah. Yes, go to the is top when of the class. Does he, is he, has he been laid off at that point? He's or, been laid off and then... The giving, he, like, an extra dose of something that yeah. will... And yes, the yeah. boy's life to a mummy yeah. one coping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fired. I remember that story. But, like, but, but then he's, but then he's uh, the star this, of the, the show. Saving of this yeah. kid gets him on TV in the hospital. And so that is completely bonkers, but works. A new Amsterdam. It asks you to immediately care about someone that is really unlikable, getting rid of everybody and. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I just don't I know. think what works about ER, and I think with Grey's Anatomy as well, because it, it that's, you know, still going after, like, 13 seasons, that it, it was an ensemble. But these mm. new ones, like The Good Doctor, like The Resident, like The New Amsterdam, all seem to focus on a singular character, which, which I don't think works as well. But let's focus on some US shows I think we both liked. Um, so while I was there, I did see the South Park premiere, um, which was called Dead Kids, and saw Trey Parker and Matt Stone, I think for the yeah for the first time, tackle school shootings. It feels mm. like something they should have or could have done decades ago. Uh, but they don't Matt know. Stone was actually in Bowling for Columbine, the Michael Moore documentary. I never saw that, but I heard a lot of good Not a lot things. of bowling. No, that's what <coughs> put me off. I was a massive bowling fan at the time. I thought, I don't want to be suckered in if there's no bowling. But I think I enjoyed... In fact, no, I know I enjoyed the episode. So the focus was on uh, Sharon Sharon Marsh, who's Stan's mum, her reaction and the outrage to the shootings uh, and nobody else around her, including husband Randy, completely bemused by why she mm. should be 
I think the the thing is yeah. that it it's like apart from Sharon, everyone else is taking it now like it's a it's regular just an occurrence. It's occurrence. It happens all the time. What are you getting sad up? Well, do you want to tell your father about what happened at school today? Um, oh, oh, I flunked my math quiz. No, the other thing. What other thing? What happened at school today? Oh, the school shooting. Yes, the school shooting. Oh uh, yeah, some kid shot up the school. Who shot up the school? Was it you? No. Did you get shot? No. Oh. Well, what's this about failing a math quiz? Are you serious? Did you not hear what your child said? Kids died at his school. I'm sorry, Sharon. I... Why are you all acting like this is normal? What is wrong with you people? What's up, Mom's ass? Hey, Sharon, you doing okay? No, I'm not okay. Children were shot. They were killed at a school where they were supposed to be safe. Uh-huh. What else is going on? Why does there need to be anything else? Are you I'm kidding sorry, me? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Sharon. Why isn't anyone else emotional? Hon, uh, when was your last... I mean, you know how sometimes things can seem like a little bigger deal because, you know, you're down there... Don't you dare suggest that I'm only emotional because I'm, it's... I'm just, I'm just pointing out that it is around that time. Get out, Randy! I'm not overreacting! Okay, okay, love you, honey. I'll leave you alone. <sighs> well, another three days of this, probably. This was sort of going on alongside a, um, a thing where Cartman was uh, having to go at... Uh, at uh, token because he didn't let or he didn't let him cheat off him during the. Well, he session. wrote the wrong answers down and then so scribbled them Eric, all out yeah. the last last minute. So that Eric would fail the test and he would pass. And he, he worked out or he thought he worked out. This is because he found out that Eric didn't like uh, the massive Marvel hit Black Panther earlier on in the year. But now South Park, whatever you think of it, and I only got into it early last year and watched all of it because I thought it was. Genius, and I had written it off as you had a you had a odd perception of it, didn't you? Of like yeah, the earlier seasons. Yeah, I think my only knowledge of it was the crudeness that I remember from the early days. But it's really got its heart in the right place. It tells important stories often uh, with reasonable messages, but I would say I didn't really understand the message here. I didn't think it was badly handled, but I thought it was a a missed opportunity. Mm, I would agree with that. I I thought that I I liked the well I really like the opening scene where it's like a maths test and there's mm. there's a big thing going on outside you can hear the gunshots and no one's reacting to it at all and I liked that the theme of you know it's such an occurrence now and there's a scene later on in uh, the principal's office as well where there's another shooting going on and Mr. Mackay goes out with his gun and like, you know, I'll handle this one. I did not really get the Black Panther thing at all. It almost no. seemed like, because because we've both watched that documentary now of the um, Seven Days to Air thing where you, I could almost see them sitting around saying, right, what's been big this year? Yeah. Oh, the school shootings and Black Panther mm. and people not being allowed. To, if people didn't like Black Panther, then they were racist. They didn't say. Or they yeah. Were Cartman had dressed up in a different outfit and I don't know if that was a reference to Black Panther and you know he was having that monologue in his head about you know there must be other people like this and that all felt like it was referencing something 
which I, I which I didn't get. Out. I didn't yeah. actually. Re I didn't pick up on that. I thought it said. might not be, but I thought I got the impression that if they put him in a different outfit and do it, all it felt very stylized. Signaling didn't it? something. Yeah. Um, but I was, I, I, I was underwhelmed. I have to say. Yeah, I was disappointed because normally when they shine a light on American culture like this, they push it as far as they can, but then they hit you with the message, and mm. I don't think. I just don't think that they delivered. No, because it was all like Randy thinking Sharon was going through the menopause, and there were funny bits. I liked him outside the psychology, you know. The yeah, office, where he was sort of window. just like doing. He did it a couple of times, didn't it? I mean, I think they like to put Randy. Discover, this is Daniela. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to Discover. Eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seeing Cartman center stage because they're the two best characters, or the characters the people like the most, mm. um, apart from Butters. I don't know. I think it's good that this season they have said that they're going to work on individual stories. So next week is apparently about the boys mm. going on a camping trip with a priest, which could be... The episode ended with Sharon saying to Randy, you know, Stan's been shot, but it's not the end of the world. And I, I just felt like, oh, mm. it's a shame. They, they normally, it, maybe you don't even pick up on the message first time now. Maybe you're thinking about it afterwards. But I felt like it just was a real missed opportunity to say something pivotal and important about American culture. And I don't think they did it justice at all that story and when i read that they were doing it i was really mm. intrigued to see how they were gonna yeah put their it's like they had half, on it. half an idea um but no sort of payoff really so but yeah. no i mean south park i i tend to find like the, the better episodes sort of come later on in the in the run so i think that must be because because they do it in such a quick turnaround by the time they get to the halfway point or toward the end, they must be more in the mindset of it than they can be at the very start when they've probably put it to bed for however many months and come in fresh and go, what can we talk about? So maybe that's why the first couple always seem a bit more disjointed and not as well thought through. What did you think to another thing we haven't caught up on, uh, American Vandal? Loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I didn't think it was as funny as the first season, but, but it was the, better. The message, the message, and the structure was far more engaging, mm. and just as a mystery. Yeah. Even, I found myself really wanting to know who the turd burglar was, and that's the sentence you don't think you're going to say very often. But I really was engaged with the story and with the characters, and the final monologue, which you spoke about before, is just so clever and such again shining a light on the culture nowadays i think they did it perfectly 
The Good Place is back. That was on Thursday night on NBC and Friday night on Netflix here in the UK. Um, slight reservations about it because I love the show, but I like the more zanier aspects of it. And now the foursome are on Earth and being watched over by Michael, uh, by Michael, played by Ted Danson, and less so by uh, Janet. And I sort of worried that it might lose a lot of its charm because this is the third reboot in as many series and would I be as engaged with it when they were on Earth? I'm not sure. I didn't find it laugh out loud funny. I don't think I've ever found The Good Place laugh out loud funny though to be fair. I think I've always found it quite inventive and I like to to, to not be able to second guess it. Um, And the the introduction at the end that saw uh, the devil aka Trevor played by um, Adam Scott, I thought made it a really interesting twist and proves that this season, again, like the others, isn't going to be as straightforward as we always assume it's going to be. And you're not a big fan of The Good Place. You watch it and appreciate it. I wouldn't, but, yeah, um, I, I wouldn't say... I, I enjoy it, yeah. Um, but I don't think I'm, you know, a cock-a-hoop about it, like you and... Um, when are you ever cock-a-hoop about anything? Um, though, really? uh, you and Gary seem to be. I, I liked that, you know, it kept my attention, this double episode. It's sort of all focused around Chidi's workplace in Australia. He's teaching um, the Christian Bell character, Eleanor, sort of ethics again. Um yeah. This time, you know, they're back on Earth and they're doing a study about people who've had near-death experiences and sort of Michael keeps sort of nudging them all together. So Jason and Tahani end up there as well. And um, and as you say, it ends with the arrival of another person for the study who is Adam Scott's uh, demon, Trevor, um, as, um, what's his name, Sean, has discovered <laughs> Michael keeps coming back down to Earth after he cocoons everyone. <laughs> One of the yeah. funny bits, and nice I like thing. how um, Maya Rudolph's judge character is, is, was just kept binge watching NCIS and yeah. things like that. And it's like I say, the thing I love about it the most is you cannot say, "Well, this is where it's going." I've seen him in the entire blah blah blah. I I genuinely have no idea where no. what the plan is, but I have faith, as I say in the review, which you can read on the website. I have faith that. I could just sit back, enjoy it, and and know that the 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 plan you know the plan is is forged ahead, and I'm just there to view it as a viewer, as opposed to trying to second guess what they're gonna do. It it's you know it's fun. It's I don't laugh out loud at it, but it's really fun, and I really enjoy spending time with them. Um, I think Ted Danson has some good yeah. one-liners. I think he yeah, he, get, has he gets the laughs. And uh, I particularly like Tahani deleting. Um, so she decides she's not going to live this privileged lifestyle and she gets rid of uh, some pivotal names in her phone like The Edge and Bono and The Queen and The Rock. <laughs> which, which I, I quite like. I liked all the stuff with Jason's dance gang as well. Yeah, yeah it's just a very easy to watch show uh, that we that we it's hope it's not as as great as it was like the first series obviously i think everyone remembers that with the twist and everything yeah, like you can you can never you know no, replicate get that magic back but but that's good that they don't i think try the chemistry and... is is stronger between the the four leads and the interest is what's going to happen next because you don't yeah. know do you it's it's new you ground literally i don't think know. I think that's the testament to it and to the the writing and the, uh, the genius of Michael Sure. Yes. Right, Sure. Mike Sure. 
Yeah, and my only... Well, I have a couple of TV-related experiences um, from when I was there, but my favourite was being on the Universal Studios Hollywood tour and uh, firstly being denied access to uh, Little Europe, as they call it, which replicates all of Europe, if you need it, uh, because The Good Place was filming, and then having The Good Place cast... Well, The Good Place crew dance for us as the train went past that was nice and then um i couldn't we couldn't go on to um muscle beach which i wasn't that keen on going on anyway because they were filming an episode 911 so god knows what was down there probably a baby being eaten by a snake or something i don't know um <laughs> i kind of wanted to pee did you watch 911 on like double speed no but I sort of wanted to see. I might gonna... have been able to see um, Connie Britton or Peter Krause or. Yeah, they're more in the operations room now. Well, Peter they're... Krause is on the on the ground, isn't he? He was a fireman. I have to pop back now. <laughs> <laughs> I presume they're still filming on the beach there. So those were my my big ones, and also uh, seeing the back of Oops, big ones. Yeah. Seeing the new... <laughs> there's, a, yeah. there's a jingle. <laughs> Everyone. You're listening to the Custard TV Podcast. What more could you ask for? The official podcast of the Custard TV. We do the podcast as a hobby. We're tele-obsessives and we like having an outlet to talk to each other and to you about our favourite or least favourite telly. Uh, unfortunately though, there are some costs that come with it, like the server that the podcast is on, just general uh, running of the website. And also getting to and from the various events that we go to. It's all on a hobby and uh, we don't have the excess cash uh, to do all these extra things we'd like to do. So if you'd like to support us in any way at all, there are several ways. We've got a Patreon site that you can visit and donate as much or as little as you want for extra content. That's patreon.com forward slash TV. We also stick our individual reviews up on YouTube. Just so it's the Custard TV there as well. How you can help us there is just by liking, subscribing and doing all the things the cool vloggers say uh, to get the word out that we're there. Also on iTunes, if that's where you get your podcast from, you can um, write us a five-star review, tell your friends to listen and just get the general word of the podcast out there. As I say, we do it as a hobby. We're very grateful to everyone who listens. But if you can help us out, we'd really be very grateful. Thank you very much for listening. This is the opportunity you've been waiting for. With the reviews, and just going back to what we like to do on the podcast, a bit of normality for those who don't like change, it's Matt. Luke, I'm sorry I'm going to upset you now because I'm going to make you cry with the cry. It didn't um, make me cry, it made me want to punch the air. This has been a very divisive show as far as as far as the site's concerned, really. It, it seems <laughs> Let's ignore everyone else's opinions. Um Luke, Luke, we'll get onto your opinions in a moment, but if anyone was on Twitter on Sunday night they probably already know. Is, uh, it's based yeah. on a novel by Helen Fitzgerald stars Jenna Coleman and she gets together with a politician, um, Alistair. Uh, both he's live like in Edinburgh. Doctor, isn't he? More yeah, than yeah, yeah. They live in Edinburgh, but he's from Australia originally. Um, when he first meets Joanna, he's uh, married with a child. Uh, they take off, and he then takes up with Joanna, and they have a baby together. He decides he wants to go to Australia to sort of fight for custody of his daughter. 
and um, while they're in Australia, Joanna and Alistair, um, their baby goes missing, and there's th- there's theories about what happened to it. Is it is it to do with her neglect, or does something more sinister happen? Mm. Uh, the big bone of contention with this is that it's sort of split up, and uh, the timeline goes all over the place. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of people on Twitter complaining that they couldn't follow it. Maybe get off Twitter and put that your full concentration on, really on the TV point. if you're that confused. I thought it was all right. Jenna Coleman was fantastic. Yeah, I don't agree. think the I don't think the timeline bothered me that much. I thought um, that the sort of the focus was on how much did her sort of postnatal feelings towards the baby cloud her judgment when it goes missing because they were trying to prove that she was an unfit mother mm-hmm. or that she had feelings of resentment against her baby. They yes. used the flight to Australia very heavily. One of, the point, one of the points you made was that why did you need to see her give birth? But I think you needed to see that, to see her reaction of becoming a mother because that, to me, was one of the key themes of this episode. It's one of those where you're going to have to wait and see. I think it is another one of these which I would call like an airport novel as it was based mm. on an airport novel. Um, <laughs> I don't. Funny I, that. I, I agree with what um, Michael said to you about putting it in sort of a linear fashion because this first episode would be just them meeting and her having a baby, which wouldn't be as exciting as a piece of drama. And I don't know if in the if in the book it's linear or if they've sort of done this for the TV. I mean, you went to the screening of this, so you sort of mm. spent time with the cast and crew. So I don't know if you've got a yeah, different. No, they didn't on, really felt like a really long hour. I remember sitting in that screening room and I had no expectations for it. It was just the cry new drama from Jenna, Louis- Jenna Coleman. There oh, Gary. Nearly slip up Freudian slip. Um, and uh, yeah, I just remember thinking, God, this is a long programme. And well, I say in the piece that I wrote alongside Michael, who enjoyed it a lot more than I did, that um, normally I berate things that... Um, get to the nub of the story too quickly whereas actually when you know it's about a child going missing and they don't go missing till the very end is there a lot of story in the middle there didn't seem to be a lot of story there for me really the other thing i've been pondering to myself and i'm hoping that you can perhaps shed some light on it on my psyche is this podcast is less about um tv reviewing and more about therapy uh for me I since I wrote this um, the piece on the website and responded to Michael's uh, opinions on it. Why did I struggle with this, but have no issue with sharp objects? I don't know, Luke. I disagree with you. That it felt like a long hour. I th- I thought oh, it was well paced. Um, oh, I didn't think it was well paced. To I would say this would be the ideal program for me to be split across four nights or something like that. Mm. At least um, it would keep the momentum up. Yeah, yeah, because I, th- I think people are, you know, they were sticking up for it at the time, but I think, you know, unless, unless something really big happens in the next episode, I think people are going to struggle to keep attention. You know, it's not a bodyguard that's got all these explosive moments, which isn't a bad thing. No, not a bad thing. In fact, I, I don't, not I'm not keep, adrenaline junkie, as I you don't know. think there will be as much... I, I've not heard any, anyone talking about this at the office, for example. I honestly don't know why you had an issue with this and not sharp objects. I, I think for me it was because it seemed like 
You used amazing. the word smug on Twitter. Yeah, it does seem it did come. It come in what way? Smug. In what way? Explain, because it, because it could have told because it could have told the same story in a linear fashion. But I've it, I've just explained to you why that would have been a bad idea. Yeah, but if you if you just if you gave me all those scenes and had me put it in the right order, it wouldn't have been bad drama you know if it ended with say her giving birth if it was just them meeting and no it would it would the whole hour would have been the same it's just that i would have put well, the no, it wouldn't in have the been. right order well, because yeah, you had things from the trial and they wouldn't have been in the first hour if you gave me all the what, scenes that we saw yeah, in but what i'm one saying is that wouldn't have right. made as much sense i don't think thematically i think they put those in the, that order thematically for a reason so you know that it's going to flip between those throughout the series. If you if you did that linearly, then you'd have to do that with every episode. And I think the the next three episodes are going to be the same. That they're going to have bits mm. from each timeline. So you would then have to put the whole series in order. And I think if you mm. put the whole series in order, the first episode would be really mundane. I think sometimes they used their the device that either the book had created or they decided on too often and too much so that mm-hmm. there was a scene where she met up with a with a friend of hers and had coffee now she's a young mother she couldn't you know the the young friend had to dash off to work where she was yeah. left behind in the cafe but prior to that we saw a scene with them just walking in the town being drunk and it was like this is her friend this is how they were and then and you that... saw her at the trial yeah no which, that all made sense to me though because that was like this relationship sense, but it didn't seem like it was necessary but you think it would have been better had those scenes been paced apart well no because you you after the drunken but you're just saying thing... that it all should have been linear so it would have been... I, well, I don't think it added anything that it was out I of I think order. it did, because you would have forgotten about that character. You would have forgotten about this friend had you had to wait, like, till the last, you know, till, say, you saw her twice in this episode and then you wouldn't have seen her till episode four at the trial. How intrigued are you by what's happened to the baby? Because that's what the crux of it is. I think, again, the, there's been a bit of a spoilery trailer for this. I oh, saw a trailer. I, I saw that. a trailer for this, and and in in the trailer, someone goes, "How much do you trust his ex-wife?" and and all this, mm. and there was none of that in this episode. And it's like, well, they just showed her with stuff under her fingernails, didn't yeah, they? And... But there was like a whole insinuation that she's the one that's taken the baby. Well, what would be the? I mean, possibly, but I don't see what the point. Because of that the whole, would be. the, I suppose, the rest of the story is that she feels the the first wife that he's got the money and the lawyers behind him to easily you know launch a custody case and get custody of their daughter i i don't think i cared about that as much because it didn't really involve jenna coleman i think no i think she she is definitely a star definitely definitely i didn't see a lot of her in doctor who obviously not a big victoria fan but in this she's playing one person who has me you didn't catch her years in emmerdale I did see it in Waterloo Road all those years ago, but oh, I don't think, it, yeah. don't think it gave her a chance to shine quite like this did. Um, but she's playing a character with many different faces. Thought she did it brilliantly and was really engaged. I thought the, the plane scene was probably the best mm-hmm. thing about it because you could just imagine the claustrophobia and the fact that the passengers were getting snarked by the baby crying and all the stuff. I worry actually now that the baby presumably isn't in the picture although like you say we'll probably see them in a different timeline that it might lose something i don't know 
But, Maybe um, when they flew, they got stuck in that turbulence and they got manifested or the baby got manifested. Oh so the baby's probably <laughs> like 11. Maybe now. the baby is the daughter. No, because the baby was definitely a boy because it was called Noah. Ah, okay. Unless that is the start of But then there's like no, Miley Cyrus's sister, Noah. True. Oh, you've opened a whole... See, now <laughs> I told you, you make me see things from a different way. <laughs> I love I... the cry now, says Luke. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email. CustardTVReviews at gmail.com uh, It's Pick of the Week time where we point your face at something coming... Um, on your telly box or your laptop or however you watch your TV. Or, or pass through your neighbour's window. I don't know. How you'd find it. Yeah, get get a license, you cheapskate. So uh, my pick of the week is something that is online um, and on Wednesday next. You're such a tech kid. Week, and will then be on the telly on the following. I believe it's Saturday. I might be wrong. Weird that is, but I um, think you're it's right. this. It's a special uh, one-off of this country, which is following up on uh, what happened to Kerry fo- following the sort of criminal uh, investigation at the end of the last series. Was she going to take the blame, or was she going to, um, you know, confess that Martin McClough was a, a, a scoundrel? I know what Luke's going to pick, but I'll let yeah, him. Yeah, you know. Well, I'm going to do a nod to something because uh, Matt and I went on a Custard TV based outing <laughs> earlier earlier this year to see Flight of the Concords. And if you weren't there, then you could see it on TV if you got to go Atlantic, the uh, Live in London show. We weren't in on... London. No, I know, but we could have been. <laughs> Nine o'clock on uh, a Sunday uh, if Flight of the Concords are one of your favourites as they are mine. Um, my pick is an obvious one because I harped on about it last year. It's the return on Monday on Channel 4 of the Old People's Home for four-year-olds. The four-year-olds are back, new set of four-year-olds, new retirement village. The idea is that around younger people, that the retirees who have maybe got a lot of extra pains and not a lot of motivation just are able to come alive again. Uh, being around young people that's the idea I have one worry about this series um, is that because it was such a massive hit for Channel 4 last year this one is five episodes and I worry a bit mm. That that's either going to be great because it means we can explore... I'm with you I'm with you buddy well it's either going to be great because it means we can explore and get to know the older people and the four-year-olds a bit more and mm. learn a bit more about their lives. But um, I don't know whether five is maybe one or two too many. It was a two-parter last year. Maybe a four-parter, I wouldn't have the same worries. I don't know why one extra makes me so nervous. But What, the radio somebody... station? No, it's all the urban not. music. Uh, <laughs> yeah, stay away. <laughs> No, but do you know what I mean? It's weird. If they said this was a four or a three... I'd yeah, you are weird. You, you you have come across quite weird on this podcast. Good that's luck editing Gary's, it. That's because Gary's not here to outweird me. You know, it was such a charming exercise last time, and I just I, I agree with you there, but I don't agree with you now. You keep going on about, oh, if it was four, but yeah, if that it's isn't five... That, I think Gary's here in spirit, because I wouldn't <laughs> normally say that. I know. Um, Monday, nine o'clock on Channel 4. Oh, and, and if Gary um, was here, he would pick Doctor Who as his pick of the week. Which obviously is he would, because he's a massive nerd. Hey, Luke, uh, what's on the site this week? Uh, on the site, reviews of, no offence, The Good Place, The Bake Off Breakdown... 
this very TV week and the podcast as well. And, and the cry. And if the you want to read more on the cry, between the division cry. of the cry. I think you should do that every week, you and Michael. What on the on the cry specifically? Yes. Okay. To I'll see if if he wins you round or if you won him, you know who's. Oh, who... I won't be. I'm not one for turning. Oh well. <laughs> I am very set in my ways. Okay, so that is on the side at the moment. We'll be back next week to discuss, amongst other things, the This Country special, which we're excited about. Um, Secret Life of five-year-olds, four-year-olds even, unless they get a year older in the week. No, it's the old people's home for four-year-olds. Secret Life of five-year-olds. I've turned into Gary, God. (laughs) Uh, We might talk about the bisexual on Channel 4. The thing that's come across to me this week is I'm still suffering with jet lag, and I reckon... That's what Gary's got. Because I'm laying in bed at night. I can't remember people's names. I'm struggling over some of it, you know, when I'm thinking about things. I reckon he's jet lagged continually. <laughs> I reckon that's what it is. I reckon he's... Bit, I don't think he... I reckon he's got his own airline and he's flying all week and he's jet lagged by the time we speak. Anyway, we will speak to you next week. This has been... Another edition of the Custard TV podcast. Bye for now. Take care. Oh, that's sweet. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search the Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes, and Facebook. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.